Let's turn our Bibles to the book of uh, Acts, chapter number 13. I think Mr. Dye still has a few uh, uh, notes from last week, and I want to thank Brother O'Mara for teaching it last week. I'm going to make a quick review so I can catch up myself, and we'll finish the third point this morning. And Lord willing, we'll be moving on to Lesson 6 next week. Did you see your, in your bulletin a very important announcement, I would think. I would, uh, I would probably keep that with you. I'm not you're, you're in the habit of reading your bulletin. I just was looking at it today. Uh, if you have any question about what these uh, title, man, I appreciate Pastor for writing this down for us so we're aware of what it is. Okay? What is a Pastor Emeritus? According to what we discuss, and I'm agreeing with this, and what is a Pastor at Large? Okay? It's right there on your bulletin. This is the way our pastor does it. There's no question. It's, it's written for you. So you know what he's going to be, okay? I will keep this bulletin so that if you ask questions, I will refer to it. And I'll let you know what he means and what I mean by that, okay? Any question? Read that. I know if you're not in a habit of reading your bulletin, which I don't mind if you read it or not. It's up to you. <clears throat> but uh, that's a very important one. I want to make a point of that this morning. Welcome back. For those that went to Israel, the promised land, why did you come back? I would just stay there until Jesus comes. I would have just stayed there and found a way to work there. and Right? Uh, but anyways, I'm sure it was hard for you guys to say goodbye to the beautiful, sunny Israel. Seems like they said no drop of rain. We'll have plenty of it here and some freezing rain for you if you wanted. Uh, pray for those that are not feeling well. Some are... Uh, Still feeling some of this, I believe, change of weather. Hopefully, warmer weather is coming upon us, and uh, pray for that. All right, uh, point number one, we're talking about real mission. Brother uh, Omer again uh, talked about this, so I'm going to go quickly, all right? Uh, Roman numeral one there, if you don't have it filled up, if you weren't here the last two weeks, is context, the context of mission, C-O-N-T-E-X-T. The context of missions. What does it mean to be uh, involved in missions? Now, we know the word missions itself and missionaries, not in the Bible, but we find the word co-mission. So can we be forgiving and just use missions with that idea of with a mission? Com is with the idea of with mission. So commission, God given us a commission. And in fact... Uh, that's not even in the scripture either, but that's what we call it. In Matthew 18, you, 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 you got all of that, right? So context of that, it's in a local church. It's a local ch- church. We're, we're looking at the church in Antioch here. In Acts 13.1, it says, we see in this chapter that begins in the local church, verse 1 of Acts 13, now there were in the church that was at Antioch, right? A local place because we believe in a local church. Okay, letter B, we see that uh, it is a loving church. Letter A was a local church, L-O-C-A-L, and letter B, it was a loving church. We see the bond of love from the very beginning of the early church. Look at Acts 2, verse number 46 on your notes, you have it. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. They had unity, and they did the work, 
and they met daily. We need a little bit of that if we want unity. We need to be in each other's lives. I mentioned this before, uh, and maybe alliterate this down the road in the future. We need to be involved in each other's life. We really do. We're a family. If I want my family to succeed, I will have sp- spent time with my children individually and corporately as a family. Do you know that my family, we call one night out of the week a family night on purpose because we're very busy people. And we set it aside. My kids know it. If you ask them, it's changed a couple of times. My schedule is very, very fluid, and things change very fast. But in the Philippines, it was always at Friday nights. That was our family night. We did either board games. We had special food that night. We watched a, a show together. We watched movies together. Whatever you feel like you want to do. Some of you want to climb walls. That's fine. That's up to you. But that was a time we set aside for our family. Whether we got annoyed at them or not, we set those aside as well. And we said, this is family night. Because we value them. We value them in our lives. And some of you do other things. Some of you go on family vacation. Whatever you want to do. But have a time set aside for your family because it's important. And so we call ourselves a family here. Do you spend time with the people that you go to church with outside of church? This is a very formal gathering. One being you're all looking good. This is not my daily attire. I don't wear this every day. And I do not talk like this every day. You talk to me, I'll talk different. Because it's daily living is different than being a professional, or trying to be proper in a proper setting. These people met daily. And they continually daily with one accord in the temple, now in the church, and they were breaking bread from house to house. So this is a different situation. This was not church every day. Did you notice that? It was not church every day. They had a church set up, but then they broke up and had bread house to house. They had some fellowshipping going on in the church. They had some bonding time with one another at church. It would be easier for you to deal with problematic areas and issues with one another in personal conflicts and personality conflicts if you have some investment in each other. You know what it is when I have a hard time with those that I live with at home. You know what makes it easy for them to deal when I am not easy to deal with? It's the times that I was easy to deal with. It was the times that I showed them that I loved them and cared for them. This is very uncomfortable because you're going to have to be very vulnerable. But that is Jesus Christ. He lived with those men. Those men would not have followed him without his investment of time. They were with him every single day. If you want power and you want influence in people's lives, you will spend time with them. I'm sorry. That's the Bible. That's what the Bible says. Now, Jesus went apart. Why? Because he was the minister. He was the leader of the group. And he needed to be ministered to. At times when you're ministering, and may I be very frank with you and my children. I'm not even in my lesson now. I don't know what's going on. But with my children... There's more of me being invested in them at this time in their life as much as they're investing in me. Can we all agree if we have any children at all, if we have any raised any young kids? They give, we give more to them than they give to us at this point. Now, if I raise them right, God, please, they will invest back to me 
what I've invested to them. Hopefully. And I'm not going to be stuck in the corner of a nursing home with my pair of scissors. I don't know what it is. People know that I have scissors and I cut strands and I don't like things sticking out that they should not, they're not in the right order. And I cut little pieces of things off my, just anywhere I could cut it. So I don't like things sticking out. But at any rate, that's what my, uh, I'm going to look like that in nursing home someday with a scissor. And those poor people, whoever they're going to work there, are going to say, stay away from Mr. Barron's room. Stay away. Don't go there with a strand of hand. Go in there. He's going to cut it off. Be very careful. Anyways, I don't know why I'm going there. But, but there's a lot in that verse that I wish I could just dive into. We will because we've got a lot of line together. Pastor said at least 25 years. Man. Got some laughs out of that, but it's okay. Let's keep moving. The church of Antioch so evidenced the love and character of Christ that it was in this place that the name Christian was called, was, was coined. And it wasn't them that called them that. It was the people around them. What a testimony. Just like the Thessalonians, their gospel was known abroad. These people in Antioch were called Christians by other people. That means they had an impact in their community. And when, look at verse 11, uh, verse chapter 11 of verse 26, just a review here. And we had found him, he brought him unto Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. A church without the love of Christ for each other, it starts there, guys, for each other, it starts here. This is where we need to feel the love of Christ. We always say this, let somebody that comes in brand new feel the love of Christ. Very nice, nicely put. But may say this, it should be felt here. Those that are faithful, those that see each other at least three times a week. We should feel the love of Christ amongst us. And if it's not happening, there's division. Because when the Bible talks of unity, it talks about them working together in the spirit of unity. And that spirit brings forth a fruit. Galatians talks about it. And number one is love, guys. If, we, if we're going to forget the, less of the, the rest of the list... We cannot forget the number one, and it's love, okay? And love is an action. It's not just a feeling, although it will result in a nice, fuzzy, warm feeling if it is appropriated right, if it's done right. Guys, I'm not stupid. I've been married now for a while. And if I do something in love towards my wife and she reciprocates that, there is a warm, fuzzy feeling about it, okay? But I am not doing it when I feel the warm, fuzzy feeling. I'm doing it whether I feel that or not from her or the affection that I want or the adoration that I desire from her and the respect that I really want from her because I'm earning her trust every day. I don't want to break it ever. And so I'm doing all those work to get to the point of adoration from her. I'm working, and it's all because I love her. And partly it's duty. Pastor, I think, defined it probably the best. It is duty. Part of love is duty, it's action, it's something we must do. But we need to get over the fact that it's just a must do, it is something we want to do. And that's the work of the Holy Ghost in our life, in the work of sanctification, and changing us to being selfish, to being selfless. So what will happen is, some things, to start it, we need some character. Let's get it started. It takes a lot of things, and a lot of... A lot of motivation to start something, 
But when you feel that you start something, it takes a little bit, a little bit more. It's a little easier, I feel. And then the Holy Ghost comes and gives you power beyond your ability. And you find you're enjoying what used to be just a task. It's now enjoyable. There's a problem, guys, when you're reading your Bible and you're not enjoying it. Can I just say it very plainly? There's a problem somewhere. Can I, can I just say that? Don't get hooked up and you have to read the Bible throughout the year. That's something we do because the Bible says you need to be in daily. That's not a dogma or a doctrine that you have to do. Find a way that you enjoy reading the Bible. Don't be lazy. And I knock that right off. Don't be lazy. But be productive in your Bible reading. Be productive in your prayer. You don't have to do all the lists. It's gone now. A whole bunch of lists here. That's the way our pastor prays. And he feels that's the way he can help you. You're going to be some things that my ideas, I'm going to bring to you. You don't have to be stuck on my idea. The idea is that you follow what the biblical principle is. So think about it uh, in your life. Because uh, Christianity has to be love for others and love for the lost. We'll never experience real missions the way God intended if those things are missing. Number two, the calling of missionaries. C-A-L-L-I-N-G. And it's a sanctified time, all right? C-S-A-N-T-C-T-I-F-I-E-D. That's your letter A. When, you, when your worship and service revolves around personal gratification or enjoyment, you miss the joy of ministering to the Lord. When we have an attitude of what is in it for me rather than how I can serve him, there's where the joy has the problem. Because if you're serving today merely because you want a personal gratification out of your service, because a lot of people are hard workers, and we feel as we work hard, we want gratification from our work. Our work is successful, and it means that we did something. We feel that we want to be accomplished in what we have done. If that is all that you want to happen, you're going to be very, very, very disappointed. You're going to be very, very disappointed at times because it takes a long time. As you know, in your own life, God has so much patience and long-suffering to perfect you into the Christian you ought to be. Has anybody arrived yet? Paul never even arrived. He died before he arrived. He never arrived. He said he finished his course. He kept the faith. He kept trying every day. Keith was praying. Help us not to think we have arrived or known everything we know. Let us learn some more. That's an attitude that we need to have, a attitude of humility. And uh, a lot of times, even good people working and serving, I feel we fall short of our goal. Our goal is to just feel satisfied we did something. That is good. That is absolutely wonderful. I don't want to do anything that doesn't amount to anything. I, I agree with you. But let's do more than that. Let's do more than that. Did you feel like Jesus failed at the end? How would you feel if you were Jesus and had no idea you're going to rise again and had no, had no, had no understanding of, of the future? Because you would have been died at the cross. You would have died, right? But Jesus, obviously, he's God. But he saw the potential of these men, and these men succeeded. Peter, Peter, Peter was awesome. John was awesome. They didn't start awesome. Now when Jesus was alive and walking with them, Peter never preached to have 3,000 saved until Jesus was way gone. 
But that's when God, in his mind, I believe, as he was working with these men, said, I'm going to use them someday, and this is what's going to happen. And so in our Christianity, we have to have that. We have to have so much patience with people we work with. We may never even see their potential realized in our lives. pastor has been here for 40 years, and he might not even see all the investment of his studying his scripture, of him teaching, of him preaching. To some of us, he might not even happen until he's gone to glory. And you are the same as you invest in people. May you realize this. It might not happen today. But there's a great work because the God of the Bible does not fail. And if you work in people's life, you will find this. You don't need to be personally gratified by your work. But you will be thankful that God used you in a small way to see somebody else's lives change. And as I see the people in the Philippines, is incredible. They have surpassed me. If you're talking about competition, they're, they're just done, gone over. They've done amazing. And I'm glad. Each time I look back, I'm not in competition with them. I'm in cooperation and complementation with them. So now as I look back, I'm not looking back and saying, oh, my, they've done more than I ever thought to do. Oh, man. Those people. No, I look back and say, wow, God is awesome. By the way, kamo na nagtanaw din ha, nagampu mi para ninyo, para nato, sa passing sa atong kaigsunan. And si Brother Brendan, what a testimony he is. And so we're praying for him and his wife. All right. When you worship and service revolves around personal gratification of enjoyment, you miss the joy of ministering to the Lord. Let the appreciation come from another mouth. And don't be focused so much on the appreciation. God is not unfaithful. He will right all the wrongs. He will recompense. He will give you the due reward for working for him. You might be unseen, unrecognized, and unappreciated here. But it will not be forever. In heaven, he will make it all right. In a sacrificial time, look at this. The Holy Spirit called them to sacrifice, to sacrifice soup their very best and separate them to serve the Lord in foreign soul. Seems like that's the case. And I'm praying for Miss Brienne. I was announced a couple of weeks ago that he, she's got a desire and God feels, uh, she feels God's leading her to help her brother, Justin. Pray for Justin. A lot of things are happening, amazing things. I, I feel like he, if he gives me permission, I will say those things, but I would rather have him say it to us in a way of letter or maybe personally. But very amazing things. I'm glad we have a part in that ministry. Very exciting. Very exciting stuff. God is doing amazing things. All right. Fasting is a way of bringing prayer to its fullest potential. Sacrifice some time and pray and fast. All right? Fasting means you mean business. And God recognizes that. Okay? C, in speaking time, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas, and so forth. Where I have called them. Acts 13.2. So that's number two for us. I'm going to move on here. The Holy Spirit, this is a good one. The Holy Spirit speaks to churches that are already active in his work. All right? God did not call prayerless men, but praying men. God did not call idle men, but serving men. God did not call fleshly men, but spiritual men. And we come to the point now that we're going to, finish this morning.
Number three, the, command, the commencement of missions. The commencement of missions. C-O-M-M-E-N-C-E-M-E-N-T. How did the first missionary endeavor move from a willing church and a called man to the gospel actually being carried to other places? How did that happen from a very, very local area, small group of people, and how did the Bible says these men turn the world upside down? How did that happen? We're going to talk about it this morning. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the review we have. Thank you for uh, Brother Mike teaching it to us last week. Lord, I pray you bless our church as it's upon us now. It's on the month. In the last week of this month, we decide the future of our church. I pray, Lord, help us. Lord, help me. Lord, help our pastor. Thank you for his a life, and thank you for the leading of the Holy Ghost, very evident in his life. Lord, thank you for our church, how gracious uh, they have been to follow the man of God. We know we're just mere men. We're undeserving of anybody following us. And what a great and awesome responsibility to know that we are now going to impact, or personally, Lord, my decisions will impact this great group of people. Lord, a lot of them are wiser than me in areas that I'm not even dealt with. Lord, I have not gone to the place of life they have. The experience alone they have, I couldn't even compare. Lord, but I humbly ask that you guide me and use me and help me to be very humble and help all of us to be very humble and help us to know that it is not one man's work, but it is your work. As our pastor has said over and over, this is your church. He was just a caretaker. Lord, I'm a caretaker now and here very, very soon. And Lord, I pray that I would love the people you have given to me. I would love, Lord, and serve them in honesty. Lord, I, will, I, will, I would uphold them in prayer as I have. Lord, it's exciting to see lives are being changed even in front of us. Lord, I pray that each of us will grow to love one another and we can strive together in unity and see our, our town here get affected by it and see our neighboring towns get affected by it. See this area, western New York, get affected by it. Lord, bless us, we ask, and we want to do it not for mere satisfaction that we attain the goal, but we want to do it because we want to be thankful at the end to know you did amazing, above and beyond we could ever ask or think. You have exploded, Lord, the gospel, and it's spread all over. Because, Lord, there's people here that believe in what we're talking about today. In Jesus' name, amen. Real mission, I, I would say personally this in as a testimony. I think our church is very excellent with the idea of missions. Very excellent. Can we improve? Can we improve? Yes, absolutely. There's no reason for living if we can't be better. There's always room to get better. But we're doing pretty good. So don't let pride set in, but keep that humble humility so that we can continue doing greater things. I know churches, not bigger than us, give three times the amount we're given this year. So don't feel like I'm discouraging you and saying, whoa, we're giving a lot. Absolutely. There's some churches I know that wish we could give the same amount we are giving. But let us not lose that humility, because God will use us more and far above what we can imagine. It's commence what? With prayer. Prayer, letter A, with prayer. It's a good, uh, good little nugget if you want to write it down. I don't believe it's in your notes. Every great work for God 
begins with prayer. Every great work for God begins with prayer. In fact, most people that God used in a great way, they had had time spent in prayer before even God used them at their potential. Some of them we read about today, but they all started at one point in prayer. God was talking to them. God was wanting them to do something. God was calling on them. God was trying to get a hold of them. And that could have been at a time by themselves at home that they had that devotion, what we call devotion, a time that they set aside, devoted to getting to know the Lord personally. And it could be in a church setting. Somebody was preaching, and they were an attender. They attended very faithfully, and they heard God talk. I don't know. It could have been in a summer camp. It could have been somewhere. But it started with God trying to get a hold of them, and they spent a lot of time in praying. I don't know about you, but when, when I was called to preach, there was a lot of prayer. There was a lot of self-examination. It was a lot of me saying, God, is this what you want me to do? Is this what you got, God? Is this what you want me to do? God, I'm asking you, lead me in the right direction. Before we ever decided that this was the place that we, our next chapter of life would begin at Faith Bible Baptist Church, we prayed for six months. I came in July, if you remember, to 2021, and it was unknown to you because we weren't sure yet that we were going to be willing to take the position that pastor has offered. And so I prayed for six months. And December came, and I told pastor, we're ready. Thus, commencing on January, announced Pastor Barron is going to take the place. I wrote the letter to all my supporters. I no longer need your money. But I will continue to want your prayers. And so I was very glad to be in a church last week with somebody that supported us and uh, for them to know what's happening, and they're praying for our church. So it was another Cole. Them Coles are really good people. It was just spelled different, C-O-L-E. Pray for them over there. Good church in Astabula. So look at this, <clears throat> Acts 13 and verse number 3. Did we pray, anybody? I did. Man, praise the Lord. I always feel like I don't pray. All right, Brother Jolly, let's pray. Lord, I appreciate you, Lord. And we don't ever want to do anything without your leading. And Lord, I pray you guide us. Help us to be sensitive to you. Even as our pastor comes, Lord, from countryside, and I know he's been praying and prepared to preach to us. Pray that you'd help him. Help those that are probably brand new to this church. Some of them came yesterday and heard an awesome testimony of how you can save what the world would could say unlovely. And Lord, we were once that. We were once people that worth nothing. But Lord, thank you. You've put some value in us by loving us and dying for us. What can a man give in exchange for a soul? If he gained the whole world, he couldn't buy a soul. Lord, thank you for loving each and every one of us. Bless us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Every great work begins with prayer. Acts 13, verse 3. And when they had fasted, again, the seriousness of their prayer, and prayed, then they laid their hands on them and then sent them away. And what an awesome thing they did. I don't know if they realize. I don't know if some of these people that did this in the service during that day realize what, uh, what, what would What would be the end result of what they just did? But I'm sure they know now, if they're in heaven, I'm sure they're going to be, Paul is already there saying, hey guys, you remember the day you guys sent me in Barnabas? 
we had a little problem at later down, but we, we made up, and everything's great now, guys. There's no more sin up here, so this is what happened. What an exciting thing it must have been for them. Uh, if you read your Bible, you can talk to them and know about what you're talking about when you get to heaven. But anyways, uh, uh, I always think of that when I go to heaven. I need to know what's happening, so at least I can go to David and say, Hey, David, man, Bathsheba wasn't worth it, wasn't it? You know... Because I'm going to feel stupid up there talking to this David. Who is David? You know? But anyways, that's just free. I don't know. God probably will give us super, supernatural power to know everything. Letter B. Not only with prayer, but with participation. Participation. <laughs> Love participating in people's lives. Why? Because you get all the itty-gritty about them. Oh! Man, love all the itty-gritty about them. All the idiosyncrasies that we have and all the particular things we like and how we like our coffee. Starts there. I don't know how many Tim Hortons I have funded by, by investing in people's life. Timmy, thank you. And uh, give us some refund. Timmy, I have visited almost every Timmy in the area. It's a good place to meet people. Spot coffee is a little expensive, but I, I met people there. It's a good place. But uh, participation. Do you really want to get in there? Well, God wants us to. Man, I've learned some things I wish I don't know. But you know what? I'm thankful that they let me know. That means they were they're wanting help. And they felt like we were the people that could lead them to that help. What an awesome responsibility. To be trusted, to have somebody tell you something that is very, very vulnerable about them. If you haven't gotten there, you will get there where you're going to need somebody to talk to because you need help. You will get there. God has a way of getting you there. And you will get there. I love the Lord, absolutely. He's the first person that knows everything. He knows it before I know it, and he says, hey, by the way, you have a problem with this. Oh, is that what you're trying to get a hold of me? Yes, you have a problem with this. But he has a way of bringing people along, very, very specific people at times, to help you with some of those very, very hard things. And it's an awesome privilege when somebody gives you a bit of their selves that they would not otherwise give to anybody else. And you have to better be very, 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 very be careful that you protect it. And as you help them through the Lord and his word and the leading of God, a lot of times I don't even know what to say. I'm like, I'm praying for you. That's all I can say. Then I'll ask them, how's it doing? And I'm like, how you doing? I don't want to hear it because I don't want to hear bad news. Oh, it's still... Let's do some more praying. I'm with you. I don't know if that's empty words, but I'll take you to me. Cry on my shoulder. Can I cry on your shoulder too a little bit? Good. All right, let's cry. I don't know. Just trying to be in people's life, letting them know as much as you are so helpless to help them, for some reason it helps to know there's somebody else there that kind of feel the same thing you're feeling. And a lot of times ministering to people, I feel like I'm there. I'm like, what am I going to do? 
There's nothing I can do in this situation, but just, I love you, and I'm praying for you. I'm here. Here's a little coffee. I don't know. But it's amazing how God uses that, just being available. They finally sent them away. And there's the word they, you find, a simple word. And it tells the church was in unity in sending the missionaries. They corporately sent Barnabas and Paul to do the work. Again, it wasn't just the missionaries themselves who were sensitive to God's call. It was the entire church. The missionary could not do their work without the church that sent them to do their work. Christ has given his church authority to send the missionaries whom he has called to preach the gospel and plant new churches. Romans 10, 13 to 15, quickly. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Very good verse. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can call upon him today and he'll save you. How then shall they call in him whom they have not believed? And how shall they give you the progression here? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And then the very key phrase about what we're talking about as a church here. And how shall they preach except they be sent? So our job here as we send them is not to forget them. But it's to work with them. It's to help them get the job done over there. Because as much as they were responsible to go there, because God told them, we are responsible to keep them there as the people that sent them. It is a work of cooperation. Justin is doing amazing things with his wife, Kaylee, and their children. And guess what? I relish in it. I'm going to get to be his pastor. Guess what? Even if I wasn't his pastor, I was a member here. And as I give to the missions, which I do in my family, guess what? Any church he plants, I'm going to say, whoopsie, whoopsie, this little corner is mine. If anybody gets saved in this little corner, Justin, that goes to my account. And I'm not being funny about this because the Bible talks about this. I'm going to keep him there as long as I can because as I keep them there as long as I can, my dividends in heaven keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And who cares if I'm not the one that's known? They're not going to know us. They're going to know him. He's going to be probably the people that we're going to read about someday. My great-grandkids are going to read about Justin Dine, all the exploits he has done. How he's getting, oh, I can't say anything. Let him do that. I'm not taking his thumb that way. I'm excited about that. But at any rate, guess what? In heaven, I get to mosey around over these people and say, hey, remember Justin Dine, the great missionary at PNG? They say, yes. Well, I was his pastor in that lowly Eden place. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you about him. Right? I get a little bit of that. And all those souls will come to each and every one of us and say, were you part of that church? Yes. Well, thank you for sending one of yours. Because of that, I'm here with you for eternity. And nobody's going to steal us away out of here. And we can't lose our residency. There's no exile. I'm here with, there's no crime here. No pain, no sorrow in this place. Hallelujah. I'm with Jesus because you sent somebody my way. And I say, yes, we did. And we prayed for him. Woo! We visited him too. Woo! We got it done. Woo! There's got to be some Filipinos coming up to you and saying, you sent that crazy wacko guy, and I'm here with you for eternity because of that wacko guy. 
And guess what you're going to say? You can take all of it. You can take all of it and say, yes, we sent him to you. You can take all of it. It's yours. Because we're corporately working together. All right. Last two verses. Romans 15, 30. Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of spirit, that they, that ye, this is a good verse, maybe a theme verse one of these days. Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the spirit, that ye strive together with me in your prayers to God for me, participating in their lives. They supported the men they sent with two stranded lifeline, prayer and finances. Both strands were very vital. Look at this, 2 Thessalonians 3, 1. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may be, have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. You know, at times he, he would ask me, and maybe if you want to, he'll talk to you too. If you want to pray for him, he'll have different events happening. And he'll ask, he'll ask, Pastor, Pastor Chris, he's asked. He's asked me now since I've been here. Pastor Chris, we're going to have a summer camp. I need you to pray for this person, this person, this person. Pastor Chris, I need you to pray for this whole entire event. And guess what? You get into it too. That's why we've got those wonderful prayer requests up there. And thank you, Pastor Seth, for putting it all up. I have it here with me. I keep it with me. It's, uh, it's all our missionaries. That's a daunting task for anybody to do. I'm glad Pastor Seth's here because he's doing this. Whew. I would, I would, uh, I would need glasses after I'm all done. Keep that with me because it's a good way to look at everybody that we support and, and uh, oh, they're doing that. Oh, oh, they're doing that. Oh, they're doing that. Very good stuff. Very good stuff. And everybody here that gets saved, you're having a bad day today? You go to this church, you help with this, you're praying for these people? Guess what? All right. Yeah. Cars broke down. Whoa, look at all these people got saved. I don't know if that's going to help you. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a psychotic or a psychotic. I am probably psychotic. But I'm not trying to be a psychologist to you. But that might help you. It might help you say, hey, my car might not go anywhere. But, man, my prayers and my financial board, as little as it is, is sending people to heaven. I don't know if that will help you. It might. If not, don't, for, don't worry about it. Forget it. All right, we're done because time is done. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. That this church has been used so mightily in missions. Thank you we have people sent out of this church. Lord, I pray that you call more. Pray for Brianna even now as I think of her. uh, That express this desire to live our land and go to a foreign field. Help her with her schooling. Help her with all the things that's involved in trying to get there. Bless us, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen.